0: welcome to episode five of Surreal Melbourne. Um, my next guest is one of my fa- my favorite people in, in the world. I can say that. Uh, um, every time I see you, Hera, I, uh, I'm always excited. Uh, I can sense the playfulness and the cheer- cheerfulness coming from you. And um, you're just a, such a fun and interesting individual that I, li- I just like i love talking to you because i know you've got some interesting shit to say 99.9 <laughs> percent of the time i don't know about that p- point one point...
1: <laughs> i do <laughs> <laughs> um
0: so it's it's welcome welcome aboard surreal mm-hmm. melbourne um thank you thanks
1: for having me
0: there's uh to i guess to begin uh for our viewers who don't know you and don't know sort of why you're here, obviously you're here because you're a visual artist or uh, let's just say a creator. Um, but visually that is the medium of which you express yourself. Mm. How would you s- define yourself in your own words
1: mm. to begin with? Um, yeah, definitely just a vaguely general creator. I'm always uh, looking into different mediums and different ways of expressing this kind of internal world that I have. And I see... Dance or painting or um, costume—these different modalities—is being able to really dive into different aspects of that world and like realize the vision more in depth. Mm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, creator is um, what I call myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and you've had. um, Would you say that painting is the sort of first love? That's where it began for you.
1: Mm, yeah. 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 Painting definitely because it was just kind of the easiest thing. To keep myself entertained as a kid, and was always being encouraged um, from really young. And growing up, where we didn't have heaps of, um, I didn't have a lot of uh, of a social life or um, like external entertainment, like TV and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, drawing was just a easy way to keep me entertained, and then kept me sane through my teenage years. Kept mm-hmm. me, um, gave me like a sense of purpose. And yeah. Yeah, just kept doing it.
0: And, and uh, is that because you said that uh, there wasn't sort of much you could do because, was that because you, obviously you're from, you're from New Zealand? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, end um, the, the story.
0: End the story. Aotearoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, kia ora. <laughs> kia um, Is it because you lived in, in a remote place? Like where, where are you from in New Zealand?
1: Um, I'm from a really small town. Um, yeah, it's like, I think 30... 30 people live there permanently. Wow. And, yeah, and the, um, my actual, like, my mum's actual property is like right in the middle of the forest, kind of even out on the outskirts of that town. So, um, yeah, that's pretty isolated. And it's all self-contained, so we didn't have to go, uh, like, uh, finding... <laughs> like shopping or something, <laughs> <Yeah>. grocery shopping, <laughs> finding food and things. Yeah.
0: No, no we hunted our own food. And...
1: <laughs> Essentially, yeah, often. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, um, yeah. it's on the coast, so we ate a lot of seafood and.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 Like a lot of yeah, and not, grew, not grew like food. deer, venison, or anything like that. No. No. Okay. Um, what what is the town? Tino Pai. Yeah. North or South Island? In the north. North mm-hmm. Island, like very, very north, or
1: it's like middle north. It's uh two hours north of Auckland.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so you grew up in this, uh, did you have any brothers or sisters at least to that? Or you just...
1: No, so I've got six sisters and a brother, but they're all way older than me and had left home by the time that I was born. So I grew up as an only child, but have like all these um, really amazing kind of motherly figures in my life. All my sisters are incredible people and very influential to me and inspiring. But yeah, I didn't have that kind of sibling relationship.
0: Yeah, because you were were the youngest? Yeah. Yeah. So, you, for a long time, would have just that was your outlet. Then you used art to. Was it a, a, an escape for you, or was it just a way that you express yourself, or all of the above? Like,
1: mm, yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know how deep you want to get into this, but oh, we're gonna
0: go, we're gonna go deep, girl.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, it guess an escape in some sense. I was very lonely, and um, home life was pretty tumultuous. And, um, yeah, I was constantly creating worlds that I could hide in and and be whatever I wanted in. And I guess in a sense, because also reading a lot of books and having access to these fantasy worlds, I was just recreating those things in my own way. And um, as a child, you're constantly trying to figure out everything you can about the world and about yourself and your place in the world. And I think uh, through drawing and through a lot of, like, uh, playing pretend, which the drawings were all part of as well, like I'd draw characters and then I'd pretend to be them um yeah, it's just a way of figuring out how to how to human how to exist and, mm-hmm. yeah
0: and then you when did you come to Melbourne, obviously was this, was this the first uh stop that you made outside of you know you made that decision to move
1: Mm-mm. move
0: out of home what was the
1: uh, so I left home when I was uh, in my teens and still in school to, um, uh, get away from my mother (laughs) and, um, be close, be, be closer to school. Um, but essentially I needed like freedom and, um, was feeling really, really like, yeah, just, just very isolated and very restrained and very, um, very depressed. And so, yeah, I lived out of home for a little bit, while still doing school, and then I moved to Auckland to do uni when I finished, um, and university didn't go so well, but I had a very interesting adventure there. <laughs>
0: yeah, what yeah. were you studying? Fine art. Fine art, yeah. okay.
1: Yeah, and I did that for a year, and um, got really distracted by, like, living, so... <laughs> <laughs>
0: because you hadn't had a chance at it, you know, yeah. you've never had that experience, so. yeah, yeah. Maybe it wasn't the right time for you at that point. Would you do? Would you go back and do something like fine arts now that you have such a sort of rich tapest- tapestry? of
1: <laughs> Probably not fine arts. I think I find it really grueling to go through the basics that they, they give you to try and, like, figure out your style and, like, what you're doing and stuff. And, it, you know, it would be useful, but I, I wouldn't want to dedicate four years of my life to it. Yeah. I feel like I've already done that work, but um i have been pl- entertaining the idea of going and studying like costume design or something a little bit more pra- like uh practical with mm. um more technical like yeah. skills yeah, yeah something that's
0: actually could you know be useful and also i don't want to say not like that uh, you know yeah. art isn't studying um What's the what's uh, arts. It's called, uh, fine arts. Fine arts, yeah. Fine arts is, you know, not useful, but uh, you know, it's very theoretical and academic, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean it depends where you study as well. Like, every school's got a really different approach to it. But um, yeah, and I and, and besides painting is like painting and sculpture and stuff, it's all just so uh personal to me now. It's become just it's 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 my hobby. Like, yeah, I'm making money off it and like using it in different ways, but it's still it's still my personal little activity that I don't want to have shaped by somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like I know how I want to do it now. Um, whereas with something like costume design, there's definitely a right and a wrong way to yeah. assemble clothes, you know, that, so that they work. And th- those are the kind of things that I think I should probably yeah. study. Yeah,
0: Much like principles of like design or, you know. Um,
1: yeah. Things, yeah, things that actually have a structure that I find interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is that... Um, like you, you obviously just talked about you know finding your style and everything, and that's mm. uh, in your artwork. That's very, very visually apparent. You have Thank a specific style. You. How would you describe that style for someone who hasn't, um, you know, seen your artwork? Mm. We, we will, you know, post it in the uh, uh, in this podcast so people mm. can actually, you know, s- see what you make. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but how would you describe it?
1: Um, it's funny hearing people say that I have such a defined style because I feel like it's constantly changing. And I feel like if you were to look at a collection of work that I do over a year, it would look like it's done by heaps of different people.
0: Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. But
1: it's probably not the truth Like the I, truth I don't from mean the I don't mean to
0: insult her. Like no, instantly. it's not
1: insulting. I just find it interesting because obviously, like, I'm, I'm seeing very, like, I don't know how to say it, but I'm seeing, like, all the very tiny details of difference. Subtle
0: nuances of changes. Yeah, it's
1: quite big. Whereas other people will probably see the overall of everything Mm -hmm. and be like, oh, this hair is work. But, um, yeah, I I think my style is surreal and, like, psychedelic illustration, um, usually depicting these kind of anamorphic alien beings that seem very extraterrestrial but are comprised of... um, things that you would find on planet Earth. They're all just little bits and pieces from under the sea and from plant world and all melded together to create these humanoid beings that um, are usually engaged in very narrative-driven scenarios. And yeah, it's quite delicate, but also quite creepy.
0: Yeah, yeah, I... um...
1: Is that correct? Did I get that right?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, it's exciting to, you know, hear it from your uh, your own, you know, wor- in your yeah. own words. And um, it's one of those things that I like, uh, he, he, you know, as an artist in any form of medium, you, there's always someone, you don't compare yourself to, but when other people look at like a certain type of art, for them to be able, for me anyways, for, for, for me to be able to relate to it, I have to be like, who does this, who does this person's art remind me of? Mm-hmm. And when I look at yours, it always brings me back to Geiger. H.R. Mm-hmm. H- Geiger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of his work. I don't know. Have you, you obviously know H.R. Geiger. Yeah, I love his work. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you seen the documentary of Aliens? Like, have you, have you seen Aliens just to begin with?
1: Yes, I've seen, it. Yeah, I've seen Aliens. I don't think... Maybe I have watched the documentary. If I did, it was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They um, they just uh, came up with. There's two different docos. One about Prometheus, and I don't know if you've seen that, but um, mm-hmm. another one about um, the first alien. I think it's uh, I think it's called maybe Blink or something. I, I forgot the name, um, but it's like an an hour and twenty something minute documentary about how you know they came up with the plot of the movie, but how H.R. Geiger was such so influential in. The design aesthetic of the movie and a lot of what you described of your own art you know it's um it's a very similar style to to what he made or what he intended you know mm. it's something outlandish out of this world but you know it doesn't exist but it's still slightly humanoid and there's mm-hmm. you know there's elements of sexuality mm. um there's elements of you know grotesque and, and one of the beautiful things about it is that in that grotesque, there's beauty. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I love that. Yeah. Um, something that your art, I feel like, always has where I'm always, why I'm always drawn to it is it reminds me of that sort of Geiger-esque, you know, aesthetic or narrative. Mm.
1: Um, yeah, I think the um, the grotesque and the beauty is something that happens from when I try and, because the, the, the feelings I'm trying to convey are either really painful and like oh, definitely the... the um, harder parts of human existence or sometimes I want to convey something that is really, really beautiful but you can't deliver that without having the whole other side of the spectrum to kind of place it in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's... I, and also I like, I like softening edge, uh, softening the harder edges so it's more uh, easier for someone to take it in or hardening the soft edges so people don't just overlook it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: so that's, that's an important theme in my work
0: and that's again does that always relate to that um you know some of the tumultuousness that you you know had to endure in your childhood years or formative years before you know moving away from home
1: I think it's usually um I think I've come come to peace with most of that mm-hmm. yeah it was um took a while and it's always you know everything kind of adds up and like builds into new traumas and when you get it get like an experience that's really tough in your present life then you kind of take pain from your past experiences and add it to it you know it's all just kind of one trauma yeah
2: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. (laughs) um but yeah most of the things that i'm drawing about tend to be pretty present experiences Mm -hmm. um and, and most of the time, I actually don't even know what I'm drawing about until after I've finished it. And then I'm like, oh, right. I've got better insight into my own emotions from that. Mm. Yeah.
0: When you approach a piece of art or painting, how does it normally begin? Is there a theme that you want to p- portray? Or is it just you have a blank canvas? And like uh, the the process of like painting for mm. me is like it's so foreign. Every time I've tried, I'm like, I don't know. What I'm, yeah, I'm, <laughs> it's a, It's a completely different medium, but I've always wanted to know um, the sort of artist's perspective, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Well, I think everybody's very different. Yeah, everybody has uh, yeah. got a very different way of doing it. But um, and my my process with it has changed so much over the years. And uh, recently, I've been focusing a lot on that, on like my on my process and how to start work and how to just because now it's becoming more of a, um, I'm wanting to produce more work more frequently. Of like, of as a consistent caliber as well. Cause in the past it would be, I just kind of have an idea and I just want to, um, I don't know, start. It doesn't, doesn't matter where it goes, you know, there's no pressure. Now I feel like I put more pressure on myself to create something good each time. So I'll have, it's so hard to explain. I have like a a, a vision essentially. It's, it's something I can see it in my head, a vague kind of form that is connected to a feeling and I or I will have a feeling and I will start like cycling through images in my head to try and find things that match that feeling and so I'll start building a picture in my head and then once I've got something that seems accurate and it then it starts to take a life of its own. Then it will, like metaphor, visual metaphors will start coming in that um, I couldn't have come up with myself and it will start growing. And then once I start putting it on the paper, it will continue to grow and things constantly keep getting added. And it's just this constant process of, of like yes, no, yes, no. Like just things pop up in my head and I have to make a decision whether it fits or it doesn't.
0: Mm.
1: Um, and sometimes have to figure out if it does fit how, Yeah.
0: What about when it doesn't fit? Because it feels like when you're painting, like it's on a canvas and like, mm-hmm. again, I don't know a painting technique. So, I, so mm-hmm. what happens when it's like, oh shit,
2: mm.
0: I don't like this, fuck. Because that's mm-hmm. something that we all creative people go through and I feel like, is it very nihilistic with painting? Or is mm-hmm. it like, oh, yeah. I got I a hate canvas. everything
1: I make for the first like 80% of the process. I'm just sitting there going, this is the worst thing I've ever done. I don't know why I've spent so much time on this. It's awful. And yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's, it's it's probably really annoying for people that I, I whinge about it too, but it's, yeah, it's definitely a thing where I'm like, I can't believe I'm putting so much energy into this piece of shit. Like, <laughs> like, uh, like why? <laughs> but, um, and then when it's finished, I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, no, that was worth it. I do like this. Yeah. M- hopefully, most of the time. <laughs> but, yeah, if something isn't fitting, like usually I kind of just sit there and stare at it for hours and imagine what I'm imagining in it and like see if it fits and then if i end up doing it and it doesn't fit then you just got to counterbalance it so if it's because it's making the whole thing like not sit right aesthetically then there's a way that you can incorporate something somewhere else that will then make it make sense mm-hmm. you know and but like uh it's like a um uh to quote Bob Ross, <laughs> 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 there's no such thing as mistakes, just happy accidents. Happy accidents. Yeah, I strongly believe in that. <laughs> yeah, but and it depends what medium you're working in as well. Like some things like oils are really forgiving. You can just like rub it out and paint over it,
0: you know. Mm-mm. So. Is that the main uh, type of painting? No. no. <laughs> no. Obviously, you, you said at the beginning that you're sculpting and.
1: Yeah, well, no, oil, I did really give oil paints a good go and i do really enjoy them there's something very sensual about them but i think my favorite like I've, I've decided my favorite medium for painting is watercolors and gouache it's um a lot less forgiving than oil paint but it's, i just really enjoy the process so much more yeah mm.
0: and um you've been painting on a lot of actual like just like timber and ply and stuff mm-hmm. like that which I, this, another thing about your art is like it's because
1: um, it's cheap <laughs> like, 100% because it's cheap so I I spent like while I was at art school I was living on not, no money I've been like I've been living very pretty poorly my whole life and um, art materials are really expensive and I yeah I just find piece, pieces of wood on the side of the road I get uh, mist tints from Bunnings and like tester pots of house paint or like somehow find a box of old art materials on the side of the road or people give me stuff or whatever. And most of the paintings I've done throughout my life have been done with these found resources Mm. Um, or like literally on the side of a building because that's also free. Um, (laughs) And yeah, it's just easier to um, just have like the materials also guide what you're going to paint as well. That's really fun. And I don't do that so much anymore because I have much more clearer ideas with what I want to create Mm. and so having like a really nice smooth piece of paper is actually really pleasant pleasant (laughs) yeah
0: the ghetto tech kind of
1: yeah Yeah. also also wood's really heavy and because I've been doing heaps of live painting it's so much easier to um to bring paper with me and small watercolor paints because it's just very minimal um, footprint and it's like to carry on all the public transport and stuff yeah Yeah. absolutely Mm
0: -hmm. um it's uh, it it is though. Like the, those those like limitations of having to use all these materials and stuff like that. They give you such a good understanding of, you know, what works and what doesn't, and you know, in a sense, like being able to refine your process. Mm. Um. So I, what I wanted to sort of, yeah, kind of even go go deep into is mm. is this trajectory that you've been on. Whereas you know you moved out of home, you went into fine arts. It didn't work. Um, you lived poorly. And you got like all this, you know, um, whatever you could find to basically express yourself in. Mm-hmm. When when did you come to Melbourne? And, and, you know, obviously we've met each other through partying and festival mm-hmm. festival life. And um, I want to sort of see how... Th- I know that that's had such, obviously, a, a, an impact on your life. And, you know, mm-hmm. you've, met, you've met so many people. And going back to this living, you know, you're mm. starting to live and experience and have all this, you know, rich... Mm. Rich, rich—I don't know—rich experiences to to go yeah. off on. How did like, yeah? How did the, wh- where were you, where where did Melbourne come into the picture for you?
1: Uh, so a friend that I trust and love a lot um, went to Melbourne and had a great time and was like came back and said that that he think I'd really enjoy it. And I was at a very confused point of life where I had no idea what I was doing and I was just kind of living very hedonistically and. Um, not really going anywhere, not really creating much. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to go to Melbourne. (laughs) So I like had a little party, got everyone to come and take all my belongings away. (laughs) And so I had no choice. I was like, I've got nothing now, I've got to go. And I came over here, like 300 bucks, um, in my bank account and lived in a a backpackers for a couple of months. And What, what year was this? Uh, 2015.
0: Okay, that's not not long ago. Not long ago, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah oh, a lot has changed. A lot yeah, has changed. Lot. For
0: starters, you have like platinum white hair now. When yeah, I you, you had uh, you were a brunette. Yep. Oh,
1: I was blonde when I came. I was Is natural you... blonde when I came to uh, Melbourne. Okay. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> no, no,
0: it's not. It's just like I just like so much of even your look and your you, you know has changed over time. Constantly, like, I've, yeah. I've, I've I've literally seen you sort of go through you know this mm. transformation and like when I see you now, I feel like it's like you found the person that you you know that you mm-hmm. want to be, or the the person like you know like mm-hmm. before we we started the podcast, we were talking about you know dysmorphia and all that, mm-hmm. and like what you think you should look like that. But I feel mm-hmm. like this is like you're in your you're in your you're in your power basically, mm-hmm. and you know,
1: thank a, you and, and
0: it's stylish. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's all temporary. Like I feel like what I have learned, it will change, yeah. Yeah, it's constantly changing, and it's just that's what I've learned is that you can just keep reinventing yourself and you probably should. You know, it's the it's, it's same thing as I was, I, I'm just still playing pretend, you know, I'm just like putting on a different character and trying it out mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. seeing where it takes me. And you know, it's just, uh, yeah, fitting a whole bunch of lives into one.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I um, yeah, I found the power to do that through this community and through all the experiences I've had in this community. It's like, uh, it was just, just a beautiful uh, chain of serendipities that got me to this point. Once I landed in Melbourne, just everything lined up for me in such beautiful ways. It's hard not to believe in some kind of divine intervention. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know, you. I think the, for a lot of um, for a lot of people, especially like with with our guests, you know, like here's the fun thing, right? funny thing, right? The uh, Bo who was here, uh, before she moved from Adelaide with 300 bucks as well, mm, you good. know. And, and the moment she made that like decision things, you know, it, it's like you're taking a step towards yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you're getting outside of your comfort zone, but you're also, you know, you're saying, hey, um, I'm I'm going into this unknown, ter- uncharted territory, but uh, I welcome any and all experiences. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the moment when we constantly have that type of mentality it's when we, you know, we grow the most,
2: mm-hmm. absolutely, it, both
0: as artists and as people in general. Mm-hmm. And some people don't; they don't take that step, and so they stay in that in that place. And traveling does that. I feel like traveling for yeah. me it has, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. You open up. Um, Sorry, just a, mm?
0: just a cl- bit closer. Yeah, that's it. Perfect. Yeah,
1: yeah. You open up the um, uh, the doorway for like, yeah, spontaneous occurrences happen because you don't have any habits you don't have any like yeah uh you have no structure so uh, and and you get to make really conscious decisions about what you want and what feels right rather than just doing stuff because it's how you do it or mm -hmm. that's what's happening yeah yeah then i have definitely got back into ruts like that since being here and then managed to like find a way like brought fresh air in again and mm. yeah usually involves doing something to my hair
0: <laughs> it's always a thing with people isn't it some yeah. people shave their entire head mm-hmm. um uh, yeah i'm
1: not gonna do that again it was good but it was also really hard
0: <laughs> what, what was hard about it it was, it, it
1: was just, it, just cold it was cold it did it in the middle of winter yeah yeah it's but um yeah it's just it was just a lot like there's just so much in your hair there's a lot of identity in there it was just too naked Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good experience.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, can, I can feel like that. I'm very attached to my long hair now. Yeah. E- even though I never let it down, I'm just like, oh. I have cycled between like, oh, I should just shave, shave it off. <laughs> yeah, you
1: know, it's sh- always there. It's, and one, no, that's what it is. Once you shave your head, you can't go any further. Yeah. You know, and so if you don't shave your head, it's I'll always scalp gay. my brain. yeah so you've <laughs> got like one small like, little thing left to to like save you from um uh existential bullshit bullshit. yeah, yeah. yeah. and then once you shave your head, you've got nothing left.
0: Mm. <laughs> it's not going back. yeah. um. So how much of like festival life do you say has like impacted and, and influenced you and in sort of as like the person that you are today because it's it's given you a lot of opportunities
1: mm, Yeah massively it's given me a platform to uh explore a whole lot of things that I never would have probably had the chance to um to try in in the trajectory that i was on before festivals and i'm not sure i'm sure there would be heaps of different ways that i could have found entry into these different ways of expression um without festivals but it would have been a lot harder and a lot less fun um yeah and i think just the the way that you can meet such incredible people so easily in that space is really what has shaped me so much because yeah i've just been influenced by in, in, yeah, incredible people that i couldn't have even dreamed mm-hmm. up um, yourself included in that yeah it's just uh blows my mind all the time the plethora of talent that we're surrounded by yeah, yeah yeah
0: how do you find um are you one of the things that that has come out of it is like live performance painting and mm. stuff like that how much of that is um do you enjoy yourself is it is it like something that's just become this is another source of income for me or obviously you do enjoy you know painting and, oh yeah and, and... it's
1: definitely like not a big source of income it's not big enough source of income for me to just do it because of because of money yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i can i can like sustain myself off it um every, like every summer i can entirely sustain myself off festivals and live quite comfortably mm. um but then you yeah, obviously in winter it's like you got to kind of find other things um to to pay the bills but yeah i i would never have seen myself having doing, done those things uh, before. Yeah. Just kind of being, just kind of ending up in it. I, it's Yeah, it you feels like an accident. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not like I went out looking for it, you know, it just kind of happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: And it, and it, again, that, like that sort of synchronicity and surrender of sort of um, occurrence. It's like one of the things that you go and you see at festivals is people really sort of Either dressed up or dressed down, you know, mm-hmm. or, or uh, costumed up, mm. um, and that's again one of the things that I've like when I first met you when you were living in the in the White House mm-hmm. was like the bones, the costumes, all mm-hmm. these like little little like artifacts found at, at festivals, mm-hmm. um, which you've sort of used to create you know costumes for um, performances and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah, how how did how did that sort of just like like how did that happen like?
1: Yeah, the, there's like this mysterious creative force behind festivals where they just pull it pulls you in and just um, yeah, really drives you to kind of give everything that you can and and really push yourself to explore like the limits of your potential. I, I don't know I personally find that. I don't know if that's a like a general thing. Oh, it's that a people, thing. Yeah. It's a thing for sure. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's potent. And um yeah, I guess like right from the first festival that I went to, which was Tanglewood in 1516 over New Year's, um I yeah, I felt it then. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but I was compelled to to find like an outfit that um, help me be exactly what I needed to be in that space, and I yeah have, I have I have a whole story about Tanglewood.
0: <laughs> Please go into it.
1: <laughs> yeah, because uh, that was where I became Hera. It's where I got this name. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the
0: record, it isn't her real name. It's not my I, real I'm name. I'm not going to ask unless you're willing to <laughs>
1: divulge. That's, some things are better off a mystery. I that's, mean, that's if a- you ever. Um, pay me money or I ever have to pay you money, you'll probably find out what my real name is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, if you need an invoice, basically. Exactly, written. yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Um, but, yeah, it's it was a big um, transformational festival experience. And I, like, had this the same outfit on the whole time for three days and it became so ingrained in this psyche that I was building and it was all part of this whole thing and... I learned how to dance for the first time. I spent the first day watching all my friends just having the best time on the dance floor. And I was just like, how is everybody I know so good at dancing? How? <laughs> what is with that? What is with Melbourne? Like, do they teach it in school? It's crazy. <laughs> and yeah, I just never felt comfortable dancing. And um, then on like the New Year's Eve morning as the sun came up, I heard music that I'd never heard before. And my body just started moving in a way it had never moved before. And What,
2: what kind of music was it?
1: It was like some kind of hot. So it was like drum and bass for a little bit, but then the music, the speakers cut out and a dude pulled up in his van and ran out wearing a towel or just nothing else, just a towel. And he had a laptop and his hair was everywhere and he was real frazzled looking. He was just like, I've got the solution. He like runs up with his laptop and like plugs it in. And then it was like this real liquidy, bassy kind of delicious, yeah, goodness. Good. And yeah, I've I've just like that. I figured out how to dance, and I've been enjoying dancing ever since. It was that easy. <laughs>
0: <I> <laughs> and mean, now,
1: and now I do it on stage.
0: That's what I mean. I'm like, that's a, that's incredible <laughs> that you, like, that's a, you you know, that's a. Not not an extreme. I don't know if it's an extreme, but from from zero to hundred, it was
1: pretty extreme. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of crying afterwards. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> were you because you were um, you were judging yourself? Or no, because you I was just so self-... happy. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So it wasn't. Oh, that's great. Actually,
1: no. There was a lot of crying all weekend. I spent I spent like twelve hours in the chai tent thinking that I was a conduit for um, the like the source of you, like a conduit for all love. Ever to have existed.
0: <laughs> Does that
1: make sense? Yeah, yep, so I was yep. sitting there in the chai tent and I was just having this like, like torrent of love flowing through me, and people were coming and um, coming up to get chat because there's only one tap in the whole festival as well. So. I was seated right in front of it and everyone was coming up to get water throughout the throughout the night and I was just like this guardian of water and love and I was just <laughs> showering everyone in it and crying the whole time. And it was great.
0: <laughs> there were two deaths. <laughs>
1: yeah. Maybe I was, yeah, I don't know. But, um, yeah, very thankful for that festival and what it gave me. Yeah, and the people I met there, because I met pretty much everyone I know that i hold
0: close to me now i met at ta- like a tangle yeah it's um mm. was one of those festivals where um it's small but large yeah you know what i mean it's a
1: potent concentration of quality yeah.
0: i think yeah. i think it's because all the you know the good people uh not that you know people that go that you go to the bigger commercial ones you know aren't good or anything mm. like that but just the most the most genuine, the most authentic, the people that really, they're there for the music and mm. they're there for the sort of cultural experience and of all of it, like, they've bought into that culture.
1: They're all contributors. Yeah. Yeah, they're not just yeah. passive consumers. They're yeah. all like, yeah, yeah, they've got a thing.
0: Exactly. Mm. And, and, you know, and when you're, in, you're surrounded by people like that, mm. it's like, there's going to be some change mm-hmm. in you. You know, something's going to be stern.
1: Mm-hmm. Stirred. Stirred. Especially Stirred. when, like, I feel like I have a lot a lot to give and i'd never um been in an environment that facilitated that before
0: and and like mm. yeah and, and is willing to receive yeah unconditionally yeah that's it yeah. yeah it's it's hard like um it then it's hard to to you know not that you would want to it's hard to veer away from that when you know it's um trying to find my words here mm. Yeah, it's, it's hard to shy away from that because it's after, you know, it's a very similar thing for me for, you know, for long periods of my life. I feel like I, you know, was not necessarily the underdog or just someone who wasn't really appreciated and, you know, becoming a DJ. And then, you know, it wasn't like straight away, it like happened for me. There mm-hmm. was like five years where I was in Melbourne where I was trying to, uh, well, more like three, three four years mm. where it, what, nothing was really happening. Mm. And then it started happening. Mm. And it was m- because of the festival scene, mm. you know. Um, I was in a very mainstream thing and I couldn't get in. And now I'm like suddenly I went into this thing which seemed like a pocket, a universe within a universe. Mm. And people were just, it was so much more, it felt more decentralized. And yeah. the, getting opportunities was more decentralized. And yeah. people were open to it.
1: Yeah, which I feel is just how it, should be yeah yeah it just makes sense and i it's yeah i constantly just feel like opportunities just arrive in front of me and I, I have um yeah so so much fortune for that you know that's so such a privileged position to be in to have have those kinds of things just coming up to you and i don't really have to even know what i want
2: mm. like
1: i i don't even really have to know what i want i just have to know when i am presented with it, whether or not I want it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's incredible. That's yeah. Very special. Mm-hmm. And it's just about just constantly just putting out what um what you want to and what you want it how you want to be engaged with the world. And then yeah, it just keeps coming back.
0: Nice. Yeah. Um so so Tanglewood was that moment for you mm-hmm. that everything kind of changed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, it's nice to be able to pinpoint it. It's nice to, be to have a very specific date to be like that's <laughs> that's when everything changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah.
0: there's a, there's a, a few of them in life like Definitely, uh, your, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but
1: that um, was that was a big one.
0: Yeah. yeah. And has there been a sort of other moments because now now you've been on the, since then you've been on this trajectory and mm. again for someone who like like the dancing like from going from no dancing to suddenly dancing on stage same as your artwork and I mean all of it's like part of who you are mm. that as well has gone from hey nobody knows who I am mm. to I am now you know performing at f- main stage festival performances mm. I mean we, we, we've, we were in um, a ceremony together mm. uh, Dragon Dreaming mm. um, that was cool by the way you did you did the costumes for that and mm. you had your own sort of choreographed you, was it you and Ophelia? Ophelia, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so we did like the Earth segment. Each each mm. element had like a different crew doing their different thing. And yeah, that was a really beautiful opportunity, which, which was uh, a really conf- like confirming moment as well. And we only realized this kind of afterwards, I think, that three years prior to that, um, me and Ophelia and... Um, had been like wanting to start like a dance thing. We've been like, yeah. Well, a troupe or whatever, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's dance was like And had started choreographing some things. It didn't really like amount to much because we both had other things on. But we had set one of our intentions to be um, to do the opening ceremony for Dragon Dreaming. It's mm. like a, as a fantasy. And yeah. it seemed so impossible and so like outrageous. And then we got asked to do it three years later just like, Per chance that a friend was organizing it and wanted us to be part of it. Like so.
0: Michael Scarlett. And yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, so, and then after we did it, we well, was like, oh, wow, that was actually a dream of ours once upon a time. And yeah. then it just happened. Do you so naturally. That <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was really beautiful.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's only impossible until the moment that you go, hey, I'm going to do this. You know what I mean? Once mm-hmm. you make that decision, then you've stepped into the, oh, I've just made this like bold statement. Mm-hmm. And I have to live up to it. Can I live up to it? Um, what was the process of actually creating that ceremony like for you? Because like were you, who was, who was in charge to begin with? Like with the sort of the sequence and was it all Michael or was it like, obviously it really been a collaborative process, but... It
1: was- Very minimal collaboration with um, Mickey. He gave us the concept. So he's like, this is what I'm going to be doing. Going to have the elements. I'm going to be making a track for each one. And then we went, me and Ophelia went to his house and um, just hung out and talked about, like, we decided that we wanted to do Earth. We told him that was the element we wanted. Mm -hmm. And because I've worked with Ophelia a bunch and, like, love working with her, she's, we work very well together and she's a very very talented performer um we kind of have like our our vibe and we're trying to convey that to Mm. mickey as he was playing around with the music and like we started essentially co-creating a song together and got the skeleton of it down and then um yeah he went away and refined that and made a track that was kind of influenced by our sound like our our style yeah and um then sent it back to us and we started choreographing for it
0: Yeah. yeah And yeah. and there were other like the in the other elements, was there any communication as well? No. Because they all seemed like they had their own style, they were their own dance troupe. Yes, yeah,
1: so I think the ones that did air were from a, like another state. I think mm. yeah. And um yeah, the people from different states as well. So it was a good balance.
0: And somehow that like entire balance and like the different components of this like performance all came together so fluidly, right? Mm. Like I mean, I'd only rocked up like, you know, I, did, I was given maybe a piece of paper that just been told, hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to read this for for us? Right. Classic. I mean, you know, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I can read. I can read anything you want, you know, <laughs> and this and and um, obviously like that, the, the paper itself sort of talks about the sequence. So that it's our cues, mm-hmm. you know, for each other. But... Mm-hmm. I was just like, I had no idea what to expect. There was a cauldron. Oh, there was like... I
1: love that. <laughs> it's, it's like classic festival. Just like everyone involved is kind of like just winging it to some extent and then just somehow magic happens.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's amazing because there were so many people like, you know, on that, on that st- like sitting down and watching mm. this and it's like any one of us right now could fuck this up. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, and you hold so much like potential power in that moment because you are doing a very important thing. You know, it's a, we need that ritual of opening the space mm. and setting the intention for what is going to be probably quite an intense and transformational weekend. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a massive honour and you really don't want to, you know, fuck it up. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't think anybody did. Yeah. <laughs> no,
0: no, <laughs> it, it, it probably is to date for me, like, I mean, uh, just for people to people know, I, um, I had this, like, gangster-ass hoodie. It wasn't really gangster-ass hoodie. It was more like a wizard-like hoodie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh the, the robe. The robe, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that you made. Yeah, that's so, right. so you made a bit of costume for that. And uh, all I knew is I'm like, Hera made a costume, you're wearing it. I'm like, fuck yes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in. And nobody's going to see my face. And, you know, and um, I was like a I don't know, magician, wizard or something and just mm-hmm. like basically narrating you know, the the different, the flow of it, which was like earth, wind, was it? Uh, I don't remember. Water, water fire. Yeah. Water, fire. And each of those had a component, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, you made the costumes for that as well. So,
2: mm. um,
0: again, I see this like, uh, pun intended, thread, you know, <laughs> thread weaving, th- thread of your sort of artistic endeavors weaving through, you know, your the, the festival scene. But mm. it... Is all complementing each other. Like mm. one, that's one of the things that I'm. I am like starting to see, is you are finding this style. Mm. I mean, it's going to obviously change and stuff like that. Mm. But you're going into these avenues where each thing that you do complements the other. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you, it's
1: all the same world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like the, the the costumes are just my way of like bringing the entities that I draw at into the 3D mm. and um. The way that I dance is how I imagine those entities to move and, you know, it's, like, all part of the same package. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Is the, um, you, you know, the costuming and the sculpturing sort of side of things, is that you want to go down a, a path where you want to physically, like, 3D model out of, you know, I don't know, whatever medium it is, like, sculpt these entities hmm. into into reality into being essentially yeah is is that like a thing that you're sort of like working towards because like how how do you
1: that's a very literal way of doing it it's mm. like yeah that would be that would be cool <laughs> like i'd enjoy <laughs> to do that you know I... like it's it's one thing but it's also like uh, what's the practical use of that? If you're if you're creating a three dimensional object, it takes up space, costs money, the resources to build something, mm-hmm. and it's like unless I'm doing like little teeny tiny figurines, which would be really lovely, and I I do that occasionally. I make little like mm. little creatures, um, but then then what are they for? What what's what their, purpose? Do they yeah, serve? yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, unless I have some other kind of application for them, maybe they will become puppets in a in a
0: in, in, a play in a play or, or something
1: or, yeah like the, or even
0: a movie like a little you know yeah. short movie kind of thing
1: yeah I, I mean i'd love to do that that's a great project and stop giving me ideas because i've got heaps of things <laughs> that i want to do <laughs> i
0: want to know all about him you know <laughs> it, it, it's like by you stating them here mm-hmm. uh i feel like at least the ones <laughs> the ones that really matter it's like oh you've made a statement now you got to do it
1: yeah hold myself hold accountable. accountable yeah yeah the whole internet can hold me accountable um, yeah, are you asking for, like, what, am I, what are my plans? O-
0: only, um, only what you're comfortable. Right right now, you've just, um, you've been working with Tetrick and you guys have sold out mm-hmm. the cl- uh, clothing line, basically, that you guys have done, the collaboration.
1: Yeah, we keep keep selling out because we get to a point where it's like, because there's only uh, two of us, really, sometimes a third person making the clothes, um, we have to, uh set a limit about how many clothes we make because otherwise we'll literally be making the same garment for the rest of our lives. <laughs> 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 you know? Like you gotta set a limit and otherwise no one will ever get them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's the transition now for you from costuming to making clothes. Well essentially yeah. this is-
1: yeah, it's an amazing experience. I've been learning so much. And this has just been purely because of COVID. Like yeah. that's the that's been the most magical thing of COVID is being having this opportunity to do this when otherwise probably wouldn't have had the time um, to – like neither – like me nor Aiden would have had the time to put into it. Mm-hmm. But then also the necessity of needing to make money at this point because I can't work and I'm not getting government uh, – Assistance,
0: assistance, because you're from new zealand that's right yeah yeah,
1: yeah. and um job keeper was yeah a bit of a mess <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it didn't, didn't, didn't yeah it didn't really work out but um yeah so that was like i needed to make money and so this became the way to do that and it, i've just yeah i've just been learning so much yeah really like those those practical skills that, that i've been wanting to learn about how to actually
2: make like clothes yeah because
1: i had no idea i was just yeah, making uh, it up like i would just just figure it out when I was making costumes yeah yeah Yeah, and I'm you know I've had some pointers from different people I know that make clothes along the way that have to help me heaps and let me borrow their sewing machines and things but um yeah I've never really fully understood how to make proper sturdy clothing
0: yeah yeah yeah, something that's gonna last Mm. when when did the actual foray into even just sewing start because like hmm because up uh, uh, first off for for people again who don't know this um just so they have context um uh, Aiden is a uh, a mutual friend of both of us a really good friend of, of of us both um and he runs Tetric which is uh he does shade structures for festivals and and clothing mm-hmm. on the other side of it and obviously the shade structure part of it isn't as um uh blooming as it once
1: no, oh yeah, because yeah of COVID. and also forest fires.
0: Yeah, um, yeah and, and forest fires,
1: exactly. I was working for Tetrick structures before the fires started. And then yeah, during during the fires it was like no work for me. Mm. Yeah.
0: Is so, is then, that when it started when you started working with shade shade or
1: No, because I was doing that only like a little bit, just like
0: Helping uh, out.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um mostly this past season. Um but oh,
0: sorry, just get it a bit close. Just uh,
1: it's just so intimidating.
0: <laughs> um, if, if it makes you feel comfortable, you can sort of bring it bring it down. But just um,
1: sort of like how's that?
0: Yeah, close enough so that you're constantly in that um, trajectory of the mic, and and uh, uh, because your voice level drops off a little bit sometimes. Yeah, cool.
1: Uh, yeah. is that is that
0: good? Yeah, it's perfect. Awesome. That's perfect.
1: Um, yeah. No, I started sewing ages ago because uh, I was. Well, I think first time. Hmm, yeah, first time I properly made, like, a costume was uh, before my second festival, which was Rainbow. Mm. And I was like, oh, I get it now. I get festivals. I want to be characters. Like, I want to be all these things. And everyone wears <laughs> these amazing costumes. And I got very excited. And so I stayed up all night the night before Rainbow making all these weird things yeah. to wear which most of them i didn't wear and um because they were shit <laughs> they were mostly held together with hot glue so yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely uh, like most like for the first couple of years of making costumes i just so much experimenting like lots of lots of jewelry and headpieces and stuff holding everything together with hot glue and wire and just constantly looking at like other the way other people made things mm-hmm. and trying to replicate it and um Yeah, finding interesting things in op shops and cutting it up and stitching things on. And I somehow ended up with, like, kgs and kgs and kgs of beads from (laughs) broken jewellery. Just so, like, all of the colours. And so I sorted them all and then had this library of beads. And then started beading things. And that became, like, a... Like my primary art practice for a while, <laughs> just like like, an
0: obsession. Yeah,
1: yeah, like yeah, still is quite an obsession. I like <laughs> <laughs> like beating. <laughs> it's it's meditative. It's, yeah, yeah, all of it's meditative. Yeah, yeah. it's true, especially beating.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a surprise that I actually can't see any on you. Like, is it? Yeah,
1: there? I'm going going through my teenage goth phase again. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's winter.
0: <laughs> is that is that something you've made yourself? Uh, what you This wearing? is
1: this t-shirt I'm wearing a lot. I'm wearing. Five T-shirts and uh, a <laughs> pair of shorts. And um, <laughs> yeah, this T-shirt t- 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 on the top is a Tetrick X Hera piece. Mm-hmm. It's one of the first ones. I mean, this is mostly just Aiden's design. He just like made a T-shirt in mesh and it's real sick. It's got nice little details. Um, but when lockdown first started, ages and ages and years and decades ago, mm. um... We just yeah, started making some clothes and had like a little little concept collection that wasn't for sale and that was one of the pieces. One of the pieces. Yeah.
0: Um I love that when you were talking about um rummaging through all that stuff to get like the jewelry and the beadings mm. and, and, and there's again there's this common theme that you are working with very limited knowledge <laughs> and limited resources, <laughs> but you're still creating, you're still moving forward and mm. That's innovation.
1: Mm, I think that's what uh, gives me my style
0: because
1: mm. I, I don't have any kind of formal training in anything that I do, and so it's just like that. Yeah, you just figure it out and do what it feels good and what's fun, and that's yeah, that that creates something unique. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah.
0: It's it's great because you know not not everyone. Um, let's let's take Geiger right for an example. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you know much about what he did like before he did like the alien thing? He was he's an industrial designer. And it, wow,
1: no, I didn't know
0: that. Yeah, and, and he was an industrial
1: that, that makes me love him even more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So so as an industrial designer slash like architect, he he needed to like create the alien with a sense of function. Mm. Right? Like so if he designed like the the tail of the alien with, you know, those spiky sort of wing things and it his like industrial design sense. I said this thing has to also be functional Mm -hmm. like what would this what would this entity or alien use Mm. use this tail for oh cool it's to impale people yeah (laughs) you know but
1: it's it's the key to good sci-fi and i mean sci-fi is like one of the greatest inspirations for me in all areas of my work it's like Mm. yeah the the potential of the future and what and it's just such a a fun playground imagination um but yeah a, a A good sci-fi will have like a a justification for absolutely everything, and like a, uh, a, it's all got to be plausible. You know, it's all got to be based. Science has to check out. Yeah, it does. And yeah, I like sci-fi that's really close to what we've already got going on, like stuff that's already kind of in the works and in our like our present science. Yeah. Yeah. So most of my creatures have. Have similar biological like uh, truths to truths. them, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But maybe the the reason as to why they have those bodily functions are not really known because it's hard to know where they're from.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I guess in the Geiger context, it's like they were actually creating you know a movie based on this you know this alien, which is like the center point of the horror, mm-hmm. and so they had to again that had to be very functional, mm-hmm. like. It, it, again, you got to watch this documentary. Yeah, and I was do. Like, it's um, you
1: should you should have sent it to me as um like material material to go over before the podcast.
0: <laughs> oh, look it, it, it you know before after one thing's for sure, I think it'll really inspire you. Mm. I, when I when I saw that, I just couldn't stop thinking about you, mm. and it's actually
1: I have uh, a, a like a vintage magazine of like the making of Alien. Okay, and it's beautiful and it's got like all of the concept sketches and the photographs and stuff and they they go into all of that in that so Mm. that's why it's all sounding familiar but i haven't seen it
0: yeah 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 it's Mm. it's amazing because um prior to alien like in sci-fi movies there wasn't like uh all the predecessors for any like you know um horror or monster... Let's call it a monster flick, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Because it is, it's is—it's a monster flick. Mm-hmm. Um, They're all very comical. Mm. You know, whether it was, like, a Godzilla yeah. or a Frankenstein, you know? None of it was truly, like, chilling.
1: Mm. Uh, I think a lot of that comes down to, like, the technology as well. Because it's its hard to make yeah. big, giant puppets look real scary.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, technology and also... Um, uh, look... A little bit beg to differ. Like, yeah. Not necessarily. Yeah. Like, um, I, I really, again, you got to see this, um, you got to see the docker, but to, get, to, give it, to, to give it, like, the justice, um, it's two parts, three mm-hmm. parts. The writer, um, I think it's Dan O'Bannon, and Ridley Scott. Like, Ridley's got the director's vision for it. Like, obviously, he's a great visual, net, like, storyteller, and, uh, and as a director, you know, he wanted to create... Um, an atmosphere within the movie you know mm. like he um the way he shot everything was very claustrophobic it was purposely made to be claustrophobic there was no green screen and cgi so it was all um real sets so you would feel like you were in the um you know in that environment but there was a sort of visually like they could you know they had an idea and they could do it and they the technology to do prosthetics and stuff was sort of there but they really wanted to make something truly, like, terrifying.
2: Mm.
0: You know what I mean? And the way they wanted to tell that story was very different as opposed to, like, the older, pre- you know, mm-hmm. movies. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> that's you know, a- again, I'm only saying that, like, di- differing in opinion just because… Uh, uh, I, I, that
1: wasn't even an opinion. It wasn't I an didn't opinion? Even, I didn't even have an opinion oh, okay. on that. Yeah. I, I don't
0: even know if mine was an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really excited about that movie. Yeah did you did
1: you watch it recently? Sorry, wait, how long are we going to spend talking
0: about? No, uh, no, we're not going to talk about it. I'm going, to, I'm going to drop the subject. But yes, I have been going through this giant tangential. Um...
1: I need to revisit it.
0: <laughs> um, no, I'll, I'll send you the doco. Um, but yeah, going back about uh, going back to cl- sort of clothing. Um, you know, you've had this opportunity to work and. In you know, shade structures and mm. now you you know, again you've gone you've gone from zero to a hundred again. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. You, you've gone from like, I'm just going like experimenting with a sewing machine and lots of beads.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and now you I'm not go- allowed
1: to use beads on the tetra clothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I could just imagine uh, Aiden it's going... It's
1: coming. It's like <laughs> it's going to happen. No
0: beads. yeah. No, yeah. It's
1: definitely been said. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Will they be black? Just
1: yeah i mean i'm like actually never making black clothes again
0: together or you yourself together Mm. (laughs) is it like wait what
1: yeah (laughs) yeah i think um then all of the clothes that we're going to make after this are going to be white for a long period of time okay yeah so they'll probably be white beads Hidden, hidden inside scenes and stuff. Like, I think because, they you know.
0: would they would look cool because it's like their external fung- functions, their external things out of the clothes that make them. You know, you don't see that in normal clothes.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I'm gonna find a way to incorporate the beads. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, well, you had a question.
0: No, I didn't. I, I, I now I'm like I need to have a visual rep- like representation <laughs> of, uh, you know, some of the because I actually I've never seen anything that you've made with beads. I've seen things mm. with bones, um, like obviously the the cloaks and. The, well,
1: I will find some photos of things I made with beads, and we can put them.
0: We'll, we'll put, we'll put them, them right here. We'll put them um, <laughs> on board. Um, yeah. We we both uh, like you know sci-fi and dystopian mm-hmm. sort of narratives and stories and stuff like that. What's um what are your some of your favorite you know what are your inspirations, in mm. like whether it be books graphic novels or movies?
1: Um, so lot, obviously lots of visual artists um, and like sci-fi specifically, um, Mobius, uh, who was working on a film with Geiger and may have worked on films with Geiger as like a storyboard artist mm-hmm. together, but they were working on the um, the June that that never happened.
0: Oh, is yeah. that the J- Jodorsky's dune? Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the documentary for that? Yeah. yeah. Amazing, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. yeah, very inspirational. And yeah, his um, use of color and his very surreal psychedelic themes, very inspirational, um, even more so now for me. I feel like my style's kind of heading more in that trajectory than it ever has. Um, And then in terms of, like, a lot of my sci-fi consumption has been through books. Mm. And uh, my most recent favourite is Margaret Atwood's... um, Orgs and Craig. Yeah, the Mad Adam trilogy. Yes, good. (laughs) Good that you know it.
0: I read it in high... It was a mandatory read in high school. Oh, that's
1: so good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I like the first one. Yeah. I like the second and the third, but the first one was so... New and outlandish, and mm-hmm. you know, like uh, tenth grade reading something like that. Totally,
1: that's crazy. It
0: blows your mind, you yeah. know.
1: And there's just so much in it. This, just yeah, she just talks about so many of our of our struggles, yeah. <laughs> of our problems, of our yeah issues as a as a species. She's she's an incredible writer, and she just makes it so delicious. Yeah. so like it's so easy. bleak, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, like the, her language is so colorful, and the way that she creates worlds is so illustri- illustrative. Illustrative, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, she just does such a good job of it that I feel like i'm I'm having like explosions of color in my brain mm, the whole time. Mm, it's very vivid, but yeah, it's bleak,
0: yeah, it's really <laughs> and dark. I, yeah, and I bleak. love that
1: contrast of like having such a, a dystopic world that's also very beautiful and very detailed. and yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it's pretty comedic, do you find
1: mm-hmm. like yeah. so
0: so fun like not subtle, subtly funny,
1: yeah, uh, is it droll? Is that the kind of I don't know term for it. Mm. I've,
0: that's the first time I've ever heard that word.
1: Yeah, tongue in cheek, kind of.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. She's yeah. um, yeah. It's a it's a pretty um, like, it's a pretty good narrative on like, like taking what what our society is like now. Say for example, you know, she goes into a lot of that pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. You know, basically, pharmaceutical corporations run the world, and um, you know, which is kind of like. There's definitely some truth in that, right? Yeah. Like, not want to say run the world, but you
1: should listen to some interviews with her because she goes into what, like where all of her concepts come from. Yeah, and yeah, she's really she's so blunt and straight up. She's a real hardcore lady. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, she talks about how all of her all of her material is. She like she researches everything really heavily, and um, all of her material is stuff that is happening now or has already happened. And the, the, mm,
0: the self-fulfilling prophecy,
1: the, yeah, the social um, things, especially like the Handmaid's Tale and stuff. That's all coming from stuff that is currently happening or has happened mm-hmm. to people around the world. So yeah, that makes it even more scary because it's all very, very present and very real. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: When I when I was reading it at that age, and I was just like, man, some of this kind of feels like it's already, you know, it's a, it's very similar to. I don't know if you've read Nineteen Eighty-Four.
1: Mm, I actually uh, haven't.
0: Have you seen the movie? No, I know about it, but yeah, I yeah. haven't. Yeah. Uh, for me, Margaret Atwood's 19 like her, like, you know, her yeah. uh, her hers was it was a better book for me, Orcs and Crake. Um again, only because of how you described it is like it's very colorful like mm. Green rabbits and you know mm. and pigs implanted with human like there's a lot of like gene splicing just mm. again for people that I don't know, do you want to do you want to tell people about Orcs and Craig just in case they don't know you know just to give them a bit of context. I,
1: all I'll say is you should read it. You'll read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, just yeah. I mean they can they can read a synopsis if yeah. they want to if they're interested. Um, yeah,
0: it's a it's a good book.
1: It's a good series. Yeah. 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 Just just great writer in
0: general. Yeah. And, and what what other sort of influences have you drawn from? In terms of like, yeah, Mulvius as a visual, visual narrative or uh, uh, visually, uh, yeah, illustrator, illustrator,
1: yeah, um, and and mm, yeah, heaps, heaps of heaps of painters. I mean, uh, James Jean was one of my first, like, first artists that I've ever like fallen in love with, and mm-hmm. really been just so. I had no idea that people made art like that when I was a kid. You know, I didn't know that illustration was, yeah, a thing. I just sort of. Kids picture books, you know. I didn't think of like the, this, the style of illustration that's being made as, or like the darker kind of beautiful, ethereal, um, stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I just hadn't been exposed to it until, and when I did discover it, I was yeah, blown away. Like um, juxtapose and high fructose magazines to, to art magazines that yeah, really yeah, just yeah. like I follow them. Open my eyes to the style of art that I didn't know existed existed yeah. yeah
0: and then was it like this like aha moment for you where you were like ah uh, finally the art that relates more to how I feel and mm-hmm. the experiences the past experiences that I've had
1: yeah yeah it suddenly felt like a world that I that people always telling me that I was part of but I had felt excluded from suddenly a door in mm-hmm. it opened does that make sense like yeah yeah, yeah it always felt like art was my enemy because I didn't fit into it. And then suddenly it was mine, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I I belong to it.
0: You feel like and now I'm – this is, is, yeah, definitely where I belong and I've claimed or carved a territory that, you know, (laughs) artistic conquest.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just trying to make it bleak. (laughs)
1: Well, that's fun though. Yeah, I think it's important to like – Figure out what, you, what you're what you about and then claim it and own it and embody it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are your um, future plans? Like what you said, you had like a bunch of cool <laughs> ideas that you really, you know, <laughs>
1: I've got to have to press that. Uh, I actually had a bit of a rough morning today because I felt like all of my kind of dreams were dying and wilting because of like, COVID. COVID. Yeah. And um, I've been... I've been thriving in COVID. It's been one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Yeah. But today I struggled, was struggling with it a bit, and feeling like any new, like hopes and dreams and plans that I want to conjure up just don't have any room to grow. Mm. And so, yeah, just kind of feeling a little bit like. <laughs> um. But yeah, you just just got to keep making stuff, and I've got heaps of heaps of ideas, but it can be hard <clears throat> to have the motivation to make stuff when you don't have like a platform for it and yeah. yeah which i don't have at the moment and except the internet which is not really that satisfying
0: no yeah. no and because so, so much of your art is something that you have to experience in person
1: yeah exactly um but yeah doing doing the stuff with tetrick that's definitely the like uh like, the biggest project that I'm working on at the moment and um, has the most kind of longevity. And, yeah, there's little little things like I'm doing at install for um, the sub club that they've – like, the, that building is renovating. They're upstairs and opening a mm. live music venue. So I'm making a little thing to go up there at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm working on a book that is um, – collection of journal entries from uh the year 2015 when i arrived here to 2017 where i went through a massive like transformation transformation yeah yeah, so i've got lots of excerpts from my journal from then lots of like weird little observations about life and poems and things about stuff and i'm illustrating a picture for each excerpt and um it's almost done it's taken me so long (laughs) because i keep forgetting about it (laughs) But yeah, I'm doing it and getting it
0: done. And yeah. that's yeah. Well, this is a thing that you've there is you've got now you've got all this time.
1: Mm. But I'm actually really busy.
0: Exactly. Yeah. The, a lot of people have been, uh, you know, like that. But a lot of people also haven't. Which yeah. Is,
1: oh. Yeah. You've got to be really sensitive to everybody, like going through very different experiences of this time. Like it's like even just within my household of of four people, it's like everybody's having wildly different experiences. Mm-hmm. And um have very different circumstances so it's yeah it's good to just when you're interacting with people to remember that their whole experience of this might be very different yeah
0: (laughs) yeah yeah. some could be really struggling and some yeah life just went on nothing changed exactly Mm. um that's um i'm really excited about the book actually
1: Good. Yeah. Hey, I'm feeling really apprehensive and nervous about it because it's so personal. And of that's course. why it's taken me so long. Is I've, I've, I have wanted to do this years ago and um, now the material is so old and quite like I look at it and it's juvenile and kind of irrelevant. Like I feel like I've worked through all of those things but I still am compelled to finish it because it's something I started. And hopefully people enjoy it and find some kind of use in it. But um. Yeah, I just got to get it
0: finished. Otherwise, it's just always gonna be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How um, how like sort of stringent with yourself? With like, do you impose deadlines on yourself? Do you, mm. you know, as um, like in this in the podcast before this, um, having Bo here, she's a creative coach, uh, a holistic business advisor, mm. and you know, she we we talked a lot about this like. Having to stop being a perfectionist and being a, a completionist. Um, mm,
1: it's important.
0: Yeah. So. Um. I mean, when I, what every I've never. Are you a perfectionist because you've always completed no. every time I've seen you, you've just like you get shit done. You know. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm not a perfectionist. I'm, yeah. Like, I definitely. Yeah. The the times where I have meltdowns and I'm, I'm like, I can't do this thing. It's because I'm trying too hard to make it perfect, and I'm get like psyching myself out mm. and that's not fun that's not a fun place to be in it's not a fun place to feel like you can't do something um because especially if you're the one who created the idea in the first place it's like, yeah, 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 <laughs> you, yeah you made it up of course you can do it yeah but um yeah i just yeah i just like getting stuff done and obviously i like getting it done as good as i possibly can but i also have like this level of removal from what i make that i kind of feel a little bit more of like a conduit than mm mm-hmm. The reason it happens, like um and so in that case it's kind of like well yeah if it's not perfect it's not entirely my fault <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that takes a lot of the pressure off yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and also if you um uh have an idea it's really good to look at whether or not you have this current the skill sets currently to deliver it in the way that you can envision it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you've got to try a concept a few times before you get it right. And mm-hmm. that's okay to revisit old things because, yeah, you just get... Each time you do it, you've, you've got new skills and...
0: You can build on it.
1: Yeah, you can build on it. Yeah, and maybe, yeah. It's the most... I, I often feel like pretty much everything I do is the same one thing, just over and over and over in different ways. Does that bother you? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I usually just, like, get really sad and stop making art for a bit when I remember that. And then I just start making out again and it looks very different but it still feels like the same thing (laughs) but it just looks really different
0: it's it's your personality Mm -hmm. like so much of your experience and life Mm -hmm. life experiences come into it you know
1: yeah yeah i am only just one person really yeah yeah (laughs) technically (laughs) technically
0: even though the art portrays so many different personalities and Mm -hmm. different you know beings but Mm -hmm. it's all from that one same person that's Mm -hmm. the amazing thing about like visual art or at least you know surreal surreal art is you know, which is I guess that's kind of
1: yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah, you know,
0: it's 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 abstract, but it's not. It's real. It it can it can be real, but it's mm. but it's not. You know. Yeah,
1: it, I think it. Yes, it's it's figurative, mm, <laughs> mm. figurative. That's kind of the most I can say of it because it does it, change yeah. a lot. Yeah.
0: So, um, how do you again going back to this? like when you have an idea especially okay like you've got this book that you've you've had in the pipeline for so long mm-hmm. you've got all these creative things that you want to do do you find that you just stick to what feels right in this moment or do you try have you like always been this okay and now now that I'm now in this like creative space where I've shared so much of my art uh and I want to keep creating so I'm going to start putting you know those deadlines on myself mm-hmm. like how do you do that is that something that is come into effect
1: mm, yeah you know definitely I mean? operate best with deadlines it's uh, definitely um, I'm way better at, at, I put heaps more energy in and, and work way faster and harder when I'm doing art for somebody else when I'm working for a festival and doing an installation or if I've yeah, got a, a very serious deadline that usually involves other people depending on me having produced something by them mm. but definitely that helps me massively and if I don't have that if I have like something that I just really want to see come to fruition, I'll usually just apply it to one of those contexts. I've been really lucky to work with people who just give me so much creative freedom. And so I'll have an idea and I'll be able to apply that to a project that I'm working on and have a deadline given to me for it. Um, but yeah, things like the book, it's like, yeah, they they drag out and I will only work on them when I feel like it. Mm. And then, yeah, you just get caught up in it. Sometimes you just really get taken away with it and then suddenly it's finished. Um, but, yeah, I, I like to find things as deadlines. Like, I want to finish this painting by this date because this thing's happening on that date. And mm. I, yeah, just justifying a deadline is good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And what about the pressure of that, though? Does that ever affect your ability to be creative? Like, you now, mm. you know what I mean? Like, does that…
1: So, yeah, working, uh, doing live painting has taught me so much about… Um, Discipline. Because you're having to work in an environment that's not really conducive to painting. You know, it's noisy. You've got really wasted people everywhere kind of <laughs> getting up in your grill, like asking you to paint their face and asking... to
0: like, no, I, that's not what I do.
1: The, the thing that people say to me more than anything else that <laughs> I'm like painting is... Paint me like one of your French girls. And it's like, how do you feel like that is original? You know? Like French girls? Yeah, it's a Titanic reference. It's a Titanic quote.
0: Oh. Uh. Yeah,
1: and it's just like, it's not even funny. Anyway, it's like, that's happening. Yeah, that's <laughs> happening constantly. And it's really, yeah, really loud music. Really dark club environments. And you just got to paint. And you just got to like paint really fast because you want the audience to see something like good in four hours and you want it to yeah you want it to look good so you've got to just really learn how to switch everything off and focus and just pull that creative energy out every single week as well it's like every Monday I'm doing it so yeah just being able to tap into that and not be like oh I'm, I'm not in the right mood or um I woke up on the wrong side of the bed is not gonna get the painting finished it's like mm-hmm. just gonna get in the way so you just gotta figure out how to that's how to a, do the, it
0: that's a professional seriously like a professional can perform it's like Mm. regardless of you know whether they're having a bad day or Mm. you know they're too tired or whatever you know it's it's Mm.
1: and and yeah I feel like yeah I think identifying with your creative uh energy your creative drive as something that is part of you not something that you like have to to get or like, you know, mm-hmm. you have to like capture or um, set up the per- perfect conditions <laughs> so that it might like come along like some kind of creature, you know. It's like you, you own it. Mm. And um, yeah, just figuring out what that looks like for you, I think, is a big thing. It has been a big thing for me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How long do you think this thing's going to last? Huh? Like…
1: What, COVID? Yeah. I just had… Uh,
0: don't know, don't care.
1: Yeah, I, do you
0: know? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, I'm pretty optimistic. Uh, I feel I, I would like I, I was... I would be content if we could start moving at least interstate
2: mm. um,
0: because that allows us to, you know, um, visit a few places and even like the ability to have events back.
2: Mm. Or yeah.
0: it doesn't have to be a festival. I mean, just even like an art gallery uh, or being able to see some live music locally, something that allows us to be yeah. social again,
1: you know? I think the big thing for me is just that how uncertain everything is because the rules keep changing every week. It's like, yeah, the galleries were open for a bit and they were the only place where you could have, like, the maximum amount of people as well. And mm. um, But it wasn't enough time to organise an exhibition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um. But, yeah, I just want to go home. I haven't been home in a year mm. and I haven't been to, like, I haven't seen my dad in like two years or something. Yeah, I don't know if that's right, but it feels like that. It's yeah.
0: I can relate to that as well. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's uh, and I'm yeah, I'm just so homesick at the moment. So yeah, that's that's what I want. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, it's, it's 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 totally a thing. It's like especially if you're well in this isolation, mm. um, if you're isolated with your family, there's one that you haven't seen you know in in such a long time. It's like it's a it's an amazing place to be because. It, I mean, for me anyways, that's my my personal opinion. Like, mm. um, my you know, all my family, my very large family is overseas and I haven't seen them for two years. Mm. And originally, I actually planned to see them sort of mid-year. Mm. I thought about like maybe, you know, leaving the country and going for three months. But obviously, that's not on the table anymore. And I'm like just optimistic but also hopeful that, you know, by next year at least travel is going to be a thing again, mm. you know?
1: Yeah. but yeah, I mean, like, just gotta, just gotta take it, like, yeah. 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 And
0: and I think being, you know, again, being a creative in the interim is like, Mm. well, you know, just keep pushing that that avenue.
1: We're so lucky. We're so lucky. So many people who are going through COVID right now have no experience being by themselves (laughs) and like entertaining themselves, and you know, not having work. And I've been unemployed most of my life, so I'm really, really skilled at it. <laughs> and, <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I thrive in this environment and it just, you know, it's it's a blessing because it's a lot of um, other pressures have been removed. But, yeah, there's a lot of people that mm. are having to learn a lot about this kind of thing.
0: It's um, this, like this unemployment thing. The, the best thing about it is the fact that, you know, if you have other means to, you know, support yourself financially that Mm -hmm. means you can also pursue the things that you'd like especially if you're Mm -hmm. if you're a creative not everyone's like that you know some people thrive yeah in in that
1: the thing i've found is that because i don't have any kind of income to fall back on it's really forcing me to step up and take my art seriously so Mm -hmm. like actually start i've made an online shop and i'm selling prints and i hadn't hadn't only ever done that at festivals during summer and now i'm doing it in winter and it's like why had i not done this earlier but because i hadn't had to was just like yeah it just hadn't been a priority
0: yeah yeah and yeah. Is that, has that been working out like have people sort of like that's awesome
1: it's amazing it's yeah, yeah. well i guess you know like our community is, is incredible and very supportive and i have you know like, m- like made a public call out being like i need you guys help. like i i mm. this is what i've got to offer and um yeah people have been buying my art more now than ever
2: mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. yes
1: yeah, it's I feel very lucky. Yeah, because yeah, otherwise I would have had to go back to New Zealand and left my entire life here behind for who who knows how long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: But this this no option is like forced you into this again this innovative state. It Mm -hmm. seems like I feel like this is like a a thread now in this conversation (laughs) is that you know you go into something and and you have these certain limitations, but it seems like you just keep finding ways around them, Mm. which is I
1: take great pleasure in it. yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you see that?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think I had, hadn't really like seen it as a thread because I'm not really looking at my life like that. Of course, but, um, of course. Yeah, yeah. no, that that when you mention it is, uh, yeah, I definitely like, I, I definitely take pleasure in it, and um, yeah, yeah, love finding solutions to problems.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, that that is, um, it's a thing about the human race. I think it's a thing mm. that, like, if we were to compare ourselves with like extraterrestrial beings or something like that mm. in some movie movie context, that's like. Human beings, uh, what makes them amazing is this ability to always, you know, um, surpass their obstacles with a very, f- like, finite resources. And mm-hmm. um, I think it's it's one of the beauties of, of being alive and being a human being, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I, I feel like it keeps our humanity sort of thing. Yeah,
1: it keeps our brains healthy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah it keeps our brains healthy. Yeah. Um, And sorry, you were going to say something?
1: Mm, no, uh, maybe that just
0: no yeah humans (laughs) yeah humans
1: oh crazy humans
0: Mm. look it's uh it's exciting um i'm really excited for the sort of the next chapter in in your art and um i feel like uh i'm excited to see this this book and do you know do you know how you'd like, sort of release it? Is it going to be something that's, um, mm. like, you know, how, what's the format of that book going to – obviously you've said the poems and images. Yeah,
1: and- I want it to be, like, nice, like a nice object that mm. you want to, like – like, the whole experience of the book, I want it to be nice. So you want to, like, put it somewhere where you can see it, you know. Like, it's a a, a, a piece of visual art in itself. Mm-mm. But, um yeah, I haven't really looked into publishing or anything like that and I'm probably going to have to talk to a few friends and see right. what the –
2: what the go is yeah
1: what the go is because i've never really looked into this kind of thing before yeah um but yeah it'll be a physical book (laughs) that's all i can tell you yeah yeah Yeah.
0: oh look i I look forward to it i can Mm. imagine even just the cover alone is going to (laughs) be some some sort of really unique creation just black
1: no beads just black
0: (laughs) maybe just it'll be like encrusted beads (laughs) all across
1: Mm. Yeah. bone beads yeah oh i like that mm. yeah
0: nobody's ever done that i think right like mm-hmm. no, nobody's ever done that Done like, what? like a book like that you know like, like surely this, surely someone's yeah, done definitely. that definitely how do you do that on a big scale exactly
1: though? well like back back in the day when people would like print books like one letter at a time <laughs> kind of thing yeah, yeah. or like handwrite them they were definitely some very beautiful books fuck yeah yeah um
0: well, look, Hera, is there anything that you would like to share sort of before we kind of like wrap things up or, um, you know, a sort of self-promotional thing that you'd want to, you know, plug? <laughs> like, would you like to plug yourself in any way? I always give this sort of like segment. I know it's a bit cringe and like, you know.
1: No, it's just the wording. It's yeah. good wording.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I'm wording it right. Should I word it another way?
1: No, no, it's just… I'm Or the plugging a, part. I have a filthy mind, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Beads yeah, and plugs. Yeah,
0: yeah. i like, let you that's guys. That's
1: a whole other thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. It, like social media is generally just Hera Wing on Instagram. It's Hera Underscore Wing, um, and my website is HeraWing.xyz. Um, yeah, that's that's where I exist on the internet.
0: That's where you exist yeah. on the internet. And mm-hmm. if people want to, obviously, buy your paintings.
1: Mm-hmm. That's on the website. That's it's a store, um, and also for the clothing. Um, we're selling that through the Tetrick. X Y Z mm-hmm. website.
0: And so for now, this range has sold out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When is when is has there been any dates to the next the uh, the next Mm-mm. one? No, <laughs>
1: it's a mystery. <laughs> it's a mystery. Yeah, and we're probably not going to be selling much of the next one. It's going to be mostly um, co- uh, like a conceptual. Oh no. Um, a conceptual collection that's following like kind of a narrative and um, we're going to be uh, making some video art with it. We're going to be creating kind of a whole like world and universe that these clothes are more of a costume for. Like, a, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, we're creating characters with it and uh, working with – sound designers and Ah. performance and yeah we're gonna we're gonna build a whole thing with it so
0: maybe we'll digress a little bit before we end things because actually Mm -hmm. i did i do remember now the last time i saw you at um, at your house with josh Mm -hmm. you said something about yeah that you wanted to make really interactive clothing was it or something like
1: that oh yeah i did that Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What? <laughs> <laughs> when? Um, just before lockdown, I made, uh, collaborated with a friend who is uh, studying electrical uh, engineering and he helped me make this suit that it didn't end up being that interactive but it has the potential to now be interactive because mm. it's got LEDs all through it. It's got like a power pack on the back and um, a brain so that we can hook sensors up to it. Um, that can take in information about how we're moving when we're dancing and this, this, the volume of the music or the proximity to it or whatever. And um, The
0: reactiveness of the light to the volume. Yeah, the yeah.
1: anything. Anything you can buy at j all the sensors, Like <laughs> just cover the thing in sensors. But yeah, they ended up – I only finished one because they were so much more work than I expected. And um, yeah, they – like obviously when festivals happen again, they will – make their debut in the festival world but they got um, I got to wear it at uh, the sub club for a night um, just before lockdown yeah and I have videos of it so I can I can send oh yeah because yeah. I,
0: I know you have um, a, a bit of like video sort of uh, I don't know yeah you have a bunch of videos out there of, <laughs> of like performance art stuff and <laughs> um, yeah send send it through and we're gonna you know love to sort of chop it into the <laughs> uh, into this episode you
1: know? yeah sweet. Uh, with beads with beads yeah
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i get a free bead with every watch
1: no i need them
0: <laughs> um oh i kind of want to quiz you on that now the the uh electrical sort of like you've Again, this is a completely different medium. you've mm. got uh, uh, you know electrical
1: yeah, I learned that soldering is really tedious, <laughs> but also can be a flow art
0: can be a flow yeah, art,
1: like everything yeah <laughs> yeah, um yeah, cause cause me cause
0: me I mean yeah, so so you've got you know you've made this element like it's essentially a suit is what you're saying it is' mm-hmm. right um
1: yeah, so it's a mask, backpack, full body cat suit, um yeah,
0: how much of your your friend is like his side of the engineering has come through, and how much was he sort of like mentoring you through the process? You've just come up with the idea. So
1: yeah, he did he did most of the um he did most of the electrical like physical work, and he made all made the made the brain made mm. the made the the circuit, made sure everything worked, communicated with communicated. each other, yeah, 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 yeah. Design, designed designed to the the electrics and then put it together. And um yeah, that was really interesting because it was it was a new project for him too. Um and so once that we got that working, because that was, you know, it's like trying, yeah, trying to get that working was its own thing. And then once it started working, we tried putting it on the costume. And we were worried about it limiting movement, having strips of LEDs. But what ended of up course, being yeah. the problem was that just getting it on, because the solder is so delicate, I thought it was a lot tougher. Yeah, mm.
2: it's not that tough. No, it's not. So stuff
1: was constantly breaking. And, um, yeah, it's just like finding parts of the body you could put it on where it just like minimal movement. Mm. It's a whole journey. Uh, and then I did some more research and found that, because obviously, like, wear LEDs and wearables is a massive thing, especially in pop music. It's, like, dances and stuff. It's, like, really common. And people that make costumes like that, make it so that the leds can easily be taken in and out at the beginning and end of every performance for soldering so yeah. you have someone with a soldering iron just like constantly fixing mm-hmm. this, the the connections throughout the performance so
0: that's a thing so it is a thing it's a thing yeah you'd think they'd have developed like some sort of encasing for it to stay intact but yeah I'm...
1: you just can't get past the fact like unless you're hardwiring everything into the suit with like I don't
0: know, like, fiber. I don't know if I some some I don't know much about it. Yeah, because at the
1: end of the day, you still got to solder bit. Yeah, because you know?
0: they're really just like strands of metal, aren't they? That are sort of, weaved together. Is that is that it? Like the connection points, or is it?
1: Yeah, that... so it's just a, a tiny, tiny bit of copper pressed up against a tiny, tiny flat little bit of copper that's then got solder on it. And solder is like a
0: I don't know. Compound or some <laughs> something. Sort of, yeah, some sort of compound. Yeah. I am
1: not the right person to be talking to about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. designed it and then wore it, <laughs> and and so did.
0: And it worked.
1: It worked for a bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it worked for a bit. Now it doesn't work. <laughs> I got to fix it. Yeah, it's mm. probably
0: It sounds like it's going to be an ever, you know, the, the yeah. long quest of doing it.
1: And I've got to make a second one. So, yeah.
0: what what's the second one for? Well, Just... because
1: it was originally for me and Ophelia to wear. Uh, it was a, an Ophelia, an Ophelia project, a morphia, project. Morpheum. Morpheum is the name of our dance. <laughs> our yeah. dance duo thing. Yeah.
0: Is um is like a if COVID the situation just alleviates and we can finally go back to some level of normality where we can mm. have art galleries and stuff, is there like a thing where all this like, you know, have you like have a collection of maybe some of the clothes now that you've sold, some of the beads, some, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like a book. And even the, these costumes, like the LED costume on a display mm-hmm. after you're done with it would look so cool again mm. in a, you know what I mean, in case I
1: did that at uh, my, my last… Uh, I totally missed that, didn't I? So, yeah, it was a while ago. It was like two years ago, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, my last solo exhibition, I had costumes, I had my video art, uh, and then I had my paintings as well. And, um, I was really hoping to be doing another one of those, like, around now, before COVID happened, um, because, yeah, I've got two, two concepts for exhibitions lined up, and yeah, yeah, can't, can't wait <laughs> to can't get wait. it done and out and have another show, because it's been ages, so, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Touch wood. Yeah.
0: Um look thank you so much for um gracing us with your presence your, gra- your <laughs> grace <laughs> um it's really it's a pleasure to have you here and um to have you with us obviously on the show and, and I'm excited for people to give me feedback on you know this episode and, mm-hmm. and for anyone who hasn't seen your art again it's um dot hera uh,
1: shop is Wing dot xyz mm. and but like I most prolific on instagram which is hera underscore wing yeah yeah
0: and um yeah to any of our listeners out here please support the arts and if you like what you see buy the (laughs) painting (laughs) um thank you so much
1: thank you it's been a great chat
0: all righty then um this is surreal melbourne and uh for episode five see you next time over and out